0: I forever glowing bubbles pretty bubbles in the air. Hey, it's Beth here. Episode five twenty five Over Sixty Five and Talking, and it's March Fabulous Bed. And no, not bed. I want to call it Bed and Bathrobe Magazine, but that's just too much. Home and Bathrobe Magazine, although I actually am in bed with my bathrobe on. I just want to be amazing, lofty, give it a good spin. Okay? So, March. Here it is. Great month. We're going to table the contents again. I talked to my editor-at-large Diane for two seconds because she's made five new friends in Colorado really good ones they play pickleball together they do things with couples all five of them they have little parties at each other's homes not even with food with games they laugh they have fun we never did that I didn't know she wanted to be that kind of a friend I thought we could just sit at a kitchen table and drink wine. I didn't know she wanted to play pickleball and be lively. And her husband, too. She was in the paper, these five couples in Colorado. She doesn't need me. She doesn't need this magazine. She doesn't need this job where I pay her 60 minutes an hour all week, all day. (sighs) Anyway, can't get over it. Diane has dropped me like a hot coal. Five. She has five friends. That means she can have trouble with four of them and she still has one friend left. This is never going to be over. So, I don't know if I'm going to get her amazing advice anymore, which always helps me. So I'm on my own. So this is what I do when I'm on my own. The horoscopes. We're going to find out what your spirit animal is. This is what I do when, when she's busy playing pickleball. This is all I could come up with. So Aries, your spirit animal is a hawk and it's really beautiful because you're strong, fierce, independent, and extremely amb- ambitious. Good for you. Taurus, yours is a bear. The earth sign is symbolized by the celestial bull, Wait, like bear, by the planet Venus. Oh. Okay. Which represents love and money. Okay. They're just building you up. They love all things luxurious and are sometimes perceived as very stubborn. A bear personifies these qualities accurately and donates physical, denotes physical and mental strength, which is typical tourist behavior. Okay. Gemini, you lucky get to be a butterfly. Ah, aptly dubbed as the social butterfly of the zodiacs you're relentlessly positive wonderful even your twin is happy and nice you both are within your weight no one's overweight no excessive body fat you guys fly around flit from flower to flower buzzing around and having adventures both of you the twins two butterflies cancer this is me a moose oh my god look at that nose <gasps> oh, why do I have oh. water element oh why couldn't it be a dolphin I was a I played a dolphin all summer at the country club for years and years what's this oh my god they're trying to act like it's great the sign is driven by the moon and its spirit animal is a moose they are so unattractive I don't care what anyone says Ah, oh, I'm elusive and shy. No, maybe a little. However, they hold on to people in situations that they are attached to. I know. Why did you have to come up with moose? Why didn't you give me something with barnacles? Oh, Leo, of course you get the lion. What better spirit animal can denote this fire sign than its own symbol? Leo's spirit animal is a lion, and the beast internalizes the spirit of this sign like no other animal you lucky you win virgo is a fox a very cute fox it's a red fox sharp agile and steadfast the fox is associated with the qualities of being the smartest animal in the jungle what did you ever know that first of all i didn't know the fox was in jungles whoa you know i get what i pay for this was free libra a swan elegant beautiful and equally vain the intelligent charming and sociable air sign of Libra could be compared with a swan on many grounds I'm going to read on you got a good one Libras are connoisseurs of beauty oh yeah yeah, and wealth oh I love beauty and wealth they love to be liked and appreciated and are quite popular Hmm. Scorpio snake unfair unfair they either get the scorpion, the snake, What? you score. I think everyone's jealous of Scorpios. The water sign is often misunderstood and wrongly perceived as dreaded, vengeful, and dangerous. Uh-huh. Snakes are very often perceived that way, but it is not the case as their deep emotional mindset is not everyone's cup of tea. Well, you guys are getting screwed here. Ah, okay. Here's, oh, here's a good line. They share similar qualities and are both gentle and inward looking as well as vengeful. Oh, it's going bad again. Vengeful and hurtful. Wow, you, this person does not like Scorpios. Let's put it like that. The Sagittarius is a red band. Oh my God, it's adorable. Free spirit, spirited and organically adventurous. Oh, it's just so cute. Oh, it's got contagious energy. And is smart enough to survive in adverse circumstances like being at the washington zoo capricorn wolf very beautiful wolf the last earth sign of capricorn is ruled by the planet saturn which lays a special emphasis on following rules and regulations in life similar to its spirit animal this fixed sign roams and packs like um hmm, Seen packs of women a lot lately, giving great importance to family and governed by rules of nature. Aquarius, you're a little baby rabbit. The last of the air signs in the zodiac, Aquarius, is donated by a water carrier and makes you the cutest little bunny in the world. Easter is your holiday and you love chocolate. Pisces is a fish, of course. The last sign in the water is the fish. The fish exudes spiritual energy and calmness which is what Pisces personality is made of. Okay. I'm still upset that I'm a moose because it's the ugliest one of all of them. I mean, come on, come on. Even the snake was better looking than the moose. This is all about Diane and her new friends. I'm going to get over it. Okay. Then we go on to, ah, my Cuisine section of the paper of the magazine. All right. This I worked very hard on because I actually have something. You might laugh, but I got, I'm on my third dicer because I've made a lot of mistakes, but this is a wonderful little instrument. It really is. So what you do is you go online, they're like 10 $20. I got my first one at Marshall's for $10. Okay. What's great about this thing? is it makes uniform little squares. So it you can make pico, pico de gallo at home. You know, a little pepper, a little green pepper, a little onion, little jalapeno, the big fat ones, they're not too hot. Get all the seeds out and all the white out. It's delicious. And a little bit of tomato with all the juice out. And then lime. Save yourself, like you could save yourself so much money dollars a month. You can eat these with chips and it's like having a salad and it's pretty. The reason I'm on my third one is I keep breaking them. Okay. This is a problem. I ram it through. Don't do that. If it's too thick a slice, just cut the slice in half. Take the skin off. If it's a green pepper, do whatever. Don't break it. Don't push it. Or if you can't get it to go through at all, Just make a little tiny pieces and get them to go through. Don't mess with this thing. It is, it's made so poorly, but it makes your soups look beautiful. It makes everything look so pretty. I mean, seriously, I love the uniformity of every single one of these little dices. And there's two sizes. The bigger size is much easier to pound on. Okay. And it, and it goes quicker and they're kind of amazing looking good for salads, good for everything. I love it. I mean, even let's say you make a chicken pot pie. It looks like a frozen chicken pot pie, which reminds me of my childhood. And I love it. I love it. I love, I love it. Think about it. It's on the internet. It's an amazing gift or you could give it to like your new daughter-in-law. You can't make anything look this good by yourself. So I love it. And it's easy. It takes two seconds Much easier than dicing everything. So think about it. You will not be sorry. It's a winner. Okay, so what else is new? All right. In fashion, like your house, okay? Get yourself an orchid. One orchid. Kit gets me orchids. I always have an orchid in the living room. I look at it, no matter what else is going on, and I feel luxurious. I feel like a winner because even in Town & Country magazine, Architectural Digest, there's an orchid. I got the same orchid in my house, ha! Very same orchid, you don't have a better orchid. They come in flavors, you buy it. I've got it, I look at it, I love it. It's easier than cleaning, much easier than painting, much easier than gardening. Which in gardening this month, hold your horses. Don't buy anything. I fall for it every year. There's a freeze. I, I lose at least a hundred bucks every year on this. This year, not doing it. Just going to keep looking at my orchid for a while. So there we have it. Decor, which we'll call it. Gardening, which we'll call it. And now cuisine, which we'll call it. And now we're up to fashion. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm not sure what to think. I'm rethinking my knees. It's an upsetting situation. It looks like they have uh, drapes over them, which is some kind of skin or something. I know it's ugly. All of my dresses, because I'm always hot, come up to the tip of my knee. I'm at a, I don't know, a crisis point. I'm either gonna look In the full length mirror, I don't have one ear. I'd never leave the house if I did like some mall or something, or I'm never going to do it. I don't want to buy new clothes. I don't want to lose. If I lost 20 pounds, my chest and stomach would go away and the stress would go down past the top of my knee. I can't do it. I love food. Okay. I made my decision. I'm not going to look in the full-length mirror. I'm not going to worry about my knees. The only people down there are toddlers. They don't know what they're looking at. Maybe five-year-olds. They don't care either. Dogs don't care. Not changing it. Nobody's looking at my knees. I'm not going to look at my knees. It's just another problem, but it's so far away from my upper body problems that it's just going to have to go by the wayside. Don't be cruel to yourself this month. Every spring, everybody looks at their bathing suits or whatever tries to get back in their capri pants. Don't worry about it. Don't get panicky. The fact that you can get up out of your chair is amazing. Call yourself a winner. I'm gonna call you a winner. We don't need it. Don't need to worry like that. Don't need to sweat it out. I don't want to, and I don't want you to. So. That's not what we're going to do. We're just going to, and we're not going to look in the mirror very closely. Just look for little like stray hairs. They're kind of crazy now. They can be three inches long and they're very fine. You got to really, really take this seriously. That's all you do though. Just look for those. Don't look carefully in the mirror right now. My eyes, Cedar fever has my eyes so messed up that it looks like I was crying and just had eye surgery. Okay. I'm not looking at them when I, when I look in the mirror, I'm just looking at my teeth. Is everything. Okay. And I'm out. That's it. Don't obsess. Don't care. Let it go. Okay. That's my beauty tip for this month. Just let it go. Keep moving forward. Put your sunglasses on and whatever else you can cover up and just keep going outside. That's it. You'll be fine. Okay. No problem. That's what I've got for the magazine. As far as what I know for sure, I know one thing for sure. A hundred years ago when I was looking at pictures of my grandparents in those old albums with the, each tip having that little piece of oh, adhesive, crinkle, crinkle, crinkle each page. Some of them had little onion skin in between each page. You're looking at a picture of something that happened. Something big. Like, or else they wouldn't have taken a picture. Brand new house. Trip. Eiffel Tower. Big train. Planes. Whatever. In 50 years, when people are showing our grandchildren pictures of ourselves, it's going to be like this. Oh, here's a picture of a pair of shoes your grandmother almost bought. Here's a shot of linguine at an Italian restaurant. Oh, oh, it's linguine and clam sauce. This is a very good picture. People are taking pictures of nothing all the time. Nothing means anything. So I just, I just don't even want them to to do that. I want it to not happen. Okay, so that is my vaccine. Now, four, because i got to put the news hound in here, and the news hound was really bad this week, and I think it's because I woke up at 6 o'clock, got the dog out of the bedroom so kid could sleep. Major sacrifice. I was a martyr, and I'm no fun at 6 a.m. My attitude is nothing in this world ever happened before 10 o'clock that was any good. It's just drudgery. So I've got the paper finished because it, was, it wasn't a good paper because I was finished at 9.30. I went back to bed. So I've got a couple of things, but it's not like usual. And I know it's me. I know it. So here's one. Therapists get anxious too. Here's what they do. They do the stupidest things. They do scary things on vacation. I'm not doing scary things on vacation. I'm not going on a sipline. I'm going out to lunch, if it's my dream vacation, and it's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to have incredible room service. That's what I'm going to do. Breathe along with Chopin. No, I'm not going to do that. I can just do that in my car if I want. Hang out with tomato plants. I kid you not. That is what this says. Hang out with tomato plants, and these are the ones we pay money to. Okay. Good money. Maybe when you start with your therapist, you should just ask her one question. And the one question is, do you ever get anxious? And what do you do when you're anxious? And if she tells you that she's hanging out with her tomato plants, find a new therapist. It's the craziest thing I ever read. Okay, here's one. This I'm surprised about. I'm very surprised because this is cartoon is from England Peppa I think that's named after um, Kate's sister Peppa the pig is a brat she's rude she's obnoxious and all the kids who are watching the show are turning into tiny Peppa brats a Peppa brat is given food and responds with ew, yuck that's how this stupid pig talks and when they see people, they go, David's got a big tummy. I don't like Billy because Peppa talks like this. It's from England. What has happened? If the English cannot be polite, what's happening to society? But just cause this little pig has a British accent, don't fall for it. Don't let your kids watch the show at your house. I mean, they're going to do whatever they want at their mom's house, but you don't have to go for it. If I were you, I would stay out of it. Give Peppa a hike. Tell her to go to the curb and stay there. Your kids don't need to be ruder. That's the one thing that's going down the tubes quicker than anything. I can't remember the last time I heard please or thank you or anything polite. So... We don't need an extra push in this direction. I would love it if Peppa came back with her manners, a new pig, born again pig. That would be great, but don't hold your breath. Okay, now this is a kind of an interesting thing. Teen subcultures have collapsed. Aesthetics are taking their place. And these mothers who are 45 are so annoyed because their daughters are watching videos created by a Dallas, Dallas clothing store. And this is in the New York Times. All over the country, they're doing this. The is called Dear Hannah Prep. And it depicts a girl's first time visiting the preppiest boutique in Texas. How excited are you? An off-camera voice says, I'm so excited. Then she opens the door, gasps. And declares it's so preppy in there well the 45 year old mother says it's not preppy at all she has no hope for these kids there isn't one ralph lauren outfit in it there isn't one rugby shirt it is just a bunch of junk little tiny toys with fuzzy little faces things you'd say on pinterest tiny, expensive, dumb things that don't mean anything. The beauty of this article, and I hate to be so vindictive and so awful, is that the 45-year-old mothers are aghast. I'm like, really? I never thought it would happen. I couldn't figure out how it would ever happen. You let them watch Peppa. You let them do everything. But this is where you're holding the line. That these girls would call these, they would use the P word in such a terrible way has these mothers going crazy. So, that's kind of interesting. The store is called Dear Hannah Prep. Okay? I don't suggest you buy clothes for your granddaughter from that store because if you do, you're going to get your head handed to you. This is all across the country. Moms are incensed. 45-year-old mom's incensed. <gasps> Why does that excite me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like this about myself. Ugh, but it's true. Okay, we'll leave that. We'll leave that. We got Peppa. We got problems everywhere with little girls, okay? I don't even know what Taylor Swift's doing this week. Okay, now we move on to something great. Two grandmothers are going to the Oscars. And what is great about this article is the grandmothers are 96 And 98, oh, 86. Oh, she's young. 96 and 86. They're this boy's paternal and maternal grandmother and mothers, and they live together, which I think is great because that way, if anybody gets a visit from the grandson, everybody gets a visit from the grandson. I would so do that. The odds of success would be double and I bet triple because he's nailing it. The food's great, he loves his grandmothers, they fawn all over him, so he decided to make a documentary about it. And he makes them do silly things, but a lot of it is also just the joy that they have in making him a cup of tea. Anyway, both Wang grandmothers are going to the Oscars because it's up for an Oscar. I mean, it's so adorable. It's called Nene and Wapu that's their adorable little grandmother names. And so this is what they said. Wapu said, I never thought of going there. Isn't this a dream? I often wonder if this is a dream. And then she says this thing, actually, I never dreamed of it. She never dreamed her grandson would love her so much. She never dreamed that she'd go to the Oscars, but of those two gifts, that her grandson loves her is the big gift of all. And I, I bet you, I bet you that feels great. I just bet you it's amazing. So that's that. And then the movie review. Okay. So this is kind of crazy. The movie review is ordinary angels. There was nothing at the movie theater this week. And I had to go back to the same movie theater where I had the bad thing happen where I almost had my purse stolen. Nothing bad happened this time. So when I was watching the movie, I was kind of scared about going out. So I didn't focus 100%. It's a lovely story. It's a true story about how this woman, she's just an alcoholic, alcoholics are great. She, To get her son to like her again, she does something wonderful. And then she gets really into it. She helps save this little girl's life. She has a failing liver. The interesting thing to me, because I'm, uh, shallow, I did love the movie. Okay. But Alan Richson is in this movie and he plays the father and he really looks gruff and not handsome at all. And he had to lose 20 pounds to be in this movie. He's still big, but what happened is halfway through the filming of this movie, he got a big fat break. And he's going to be in the Fast and Furious franchise. So they wanted him to buff up. So he gained 20 pounds. Now, the funny thing is the director and Hillary are watching this and they're wondering what's going on and they have to reshoot scenes and he can't look good in the shirt anymore that he was wearing. So they have him in the shirt underneath a big fat jacket because he's bulking up so much. And I swear I noticed it. I really did. Like he was standing up straighter and he looked like he was gaining weight and it was really odd in the movie, but it really did happen. And he didn't tell them because he didn't want to get in trouble, but he didn't want to lose this franchise thing. And the funny thing is, if you look at him, they did a a little interview together. He is so much handsomer than he was in this movie. So what a great actor. I mean, he tried to look like a uh, working class, poor trash, white trash, whatever. And it really worked. And he's not that at all. He's a very handsome guy. So, but it's funny. You, now that I've told you that, you will notice. And then the other bad thing is they tacked on a Hollywood ending and it didn't need it. In the real story, the helicopter was landing to get it, to get this little girl to the plane, to get her to the hospital, to get the liver within a, a very tight timeline. It wasn't nighttime, and it had been snowing, but it had stopped. And you can see this at the end when they show you the real clipping of what really happened. So they make it all Hollywood, and it's at night, and it's snowing like blizzard-like conditions. And what they do in the stupid movie is put these jackets and this blanket down. So the helicopter comes down, and all the blankets and the jackets go flying up in the air. And all I can think is I hope they don't run into the helicopter blades. This is so scary. So why they did that? I'll never know. It took a lot of people out of the movie because I heard him talking in the bathroom. Okay. Totally unnecessary. Just shows that they were scared. And I hate that. Okay. Actually, that's pet peeve. I hate when they tack on Hollywood endings. I hate when they add half an hour because they're insecure. It's not going to make money. Just relax. 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 Don't, don't do something stupid. So that's the only stupid part of this movie. Okay. My pet peeve. Psychology 101. Pet peeve. I'm going crazy. That's my phone. I'm not, I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm going crazy because people are calling me. And they're doing jobs while they're talking to me because they've got this thing in their ear. They're unloading dishwashers. They are uh, cleaning their garages. And I'm on the receiving end of all this clacking. And, or they're walking, speed walking to lose weight. And I'm sitting there. People are getting ahead while I'm sitting there. And I mean, this clanking is deafening and irritating. Call me. After you load the dishwasher, don't, don't, I don't want to be loading the dishwasher and talk to you. If we both do it, it's going to be impossible. Talk to me. I'm not a distraction from your job. Okay. I I don't want to, I'm not full of, uh, like you jigo or anything, but I can't hear anything but the clacking. And then I have to say, what are you doing? Where are you? I mean, I don't mind if you're in your, your car and it's making a racket. That's unavoidable. But I do mind if, um, one time I was talking to someone and they were sorting buttons. Are you kidding me? That clanky clank. Oh my God. I was in, I was in a foul mood and I didn't even want chicken. It was horrible. So that's my pet peeve. Don't do that. People don't talk about it because they want to be polite. They want to be wonderful. They don't want to be the one to say something like that. I want to be the one to say something like that. I'm saying it right now. You're not hearing it because you're busy doing it. You never hear what what you're doing. You're just in the moment. The other person, oh my God, it is so distracting. So don't think you're getting away with it because you're not, okay? Nobody could and you can't either. So that's my pet peeve and I know it's irritating, but I can't help it. It's what life's all about irritations, right? Okay. Now my snapshot, all these kids are getting in trouble all over town because they're on the bus and the schools are saving money by picking up people at the grammar school and making those kids sit on the bus for 20 or 25 minutes without it moving, waiting for the middle school to get out. Okay recipe for disaster the kids are in trouble they do stupid things stupid things aren't the big problem bad things are anger, whatever and I was thinking about my bus driver Joe, I had the same bus driver for 9 years pretty long bus ride what he would do is look at every single kid getting on the bus and he could tell when you had a bad day he could tell And he'd ask you to sit right behind him. He'd point. He didn't even talk. Just point. He'd sit right behind him. Lean over that railing, that metal railing, and watch him. Everybody else would be in the back of the bus. You know you're going to get in trouble from your mom. I remember this one time where I was in a lot of trouble. And I was going home to die, execution style. I was so angry because I'm the only one that got in trouble. That's how I always saw it. I probably would have gotten in trouble on the bus, but I sat behind him and he gave me a job. The job might be, I guess I, I was this person maybe five times a year. So I know the jobs, the jobs would be, Hey, when you see a license plate from another state, will you tell me, uh, Hey, if you see a police car, let me know. And then he would start talking about potholes in the road, things he saw in the morning, And it would go on and you'd have this job and you'd say, Hey, there's one from Kentucky. Good work. He he would make you forget your problems, make you feel like you were helping him. And by the time you got off the bus, you had a little bit in your tank to take whatever hit you were going to get. And you hadn't gotten in trouble on the bus. And you were primed to do that. So I really wish and I don't see how bus drivers could get in trouble for doing this, that they would defuse the bombs, the little bombs that are getting on their buses. And maybe there's one or two, just put them right behind you. Maybe one side and then the other side. So they're not touching, give them a job, talk to them, have a lot of quiet where they're just looking out the windows, looking at license plates. That's a good job for, you know, an unhinged child. Just, let it happen. Let it work out. Let's see what, let's see what we can do, but they're not helping. There's just bunches of kids, you you see these videos, but in my neighborhood, in the school districts around me, this is becoming a huge problem because they're making them sit on the dumb bus when they're hungry and thirsty for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. What do you think is going to happen? They're not going to do their homework. So anyway, that's just a very sad thing to me. And if they all had a bus driver like Joe, well, it would be a beautiful world. It really would. So I've got my Jean-Luc joke. Okay. Now this joke is a little strange, but this was one of his biggest hits. This would have the guy's laughing their heads off as they were going into the United Nations. He says he paid for his country squire with the money he made off this joke alone. And he was like, Joe, he could tell from the way people were coming up the stairs, just how nervous, angry, or whatever they were. So he'd hit him with a joke that would make them guffaw, which he felt relieved tension. I mean, it does. So that's what this joke was for. This joke was for the angry man. That guy. Boom, 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 up the stairs. Okay, that guy goes up to him and Joe would be, not Joe, he was like Joe. Jean-Luc would begin. All these peacemakers. How do you make peace? You get someone to, you know, clear out their spleen. Just, just get some of the anger out. That's how you, that's what a peacemaker can do. And that's what John Luke would do. So here's the joke. Okay. This guy in Hollywood, right? I mean, I, I know this type. Okay. Cause I'm a loser too. Okay. Two Oscars. Huge guy. 15 years ago, you couldn't touch him. He wouldn't call you back on the phone. The last 15 years of his life. Hell on earth. Five huge bombs. He sunk a studio. He does not have any money left, and he had a lot. His wife leaves him. His children leave him. His house is up for sale. He's lying down in his bedroom on the floor because the wife took the bed. She left him the old comforter and a pillow. There he is. He doesn't know what to do. It doesn't even know how he fell asleep. Drugs were involved. NyQuil. All of it. Out like a light. Two o'clock in the morning. He hears a clank. Opens up his eyes. There right in front of him. Dressed in a Seville Row English suit. Like this guy looks like. All the James Bond's put together. Guy rubs his eyes. He's like, whoa. He's not scared. He's thrilled. Who are you? Guy goes, think about it. Who do you think I am? He goes, what are you doing here? He said, look, I got something for you. A script. I'm in charge of the script, so don't do anything stupid. Read it. Show it to two producers tomorrow. Hear their names. See what happens. I'll be back tomorrow night. Don't do anything stupid, Mel. Mel reads the script. Takes it to the two producers the next day. They have their fast readers reading the scripts. Two hours later, he's God. They're competing. A bidding war over the script. He remembers that guy said, don't do anything. He said, listen, give me a night. It's like, oh, Mel, you just want more money. I'll get back to you tomorrow morning. Mel goes home, falls asleep at 6 o'clock in the afternoon, waiting for you-know-who. 3 o'clock in the morning, right on the dot. Clang opens his eyes. There he is again. Mel says, I know who you are. He goes, yeah, of course. I'm the devil. What'd you think? He goes, I'm not paid to think. Mel goes, they loved it. Both of them loved it. I will be made. This is the best thing anybody ever did for me. I'll have my career back. I'll have my family back. I'll have everything back. Mel looks at the devil's eyes and he's like, Oh, God. What do you want? The devil said, I'll let you have the script. Everything will go according to plan. I just want one favor. Bill goes, Oh, no. The devil goes, Yeah. He said, you can have everything. All I'm asking in return is the immortal souls of your wife and your children. Mel goes, oh my gosh, there's got to be a catch. This joke had him roaring, falling on the steps of the United Nations building. I just wonder why. I wonder what those guys, what the deals they had to make in that building, why this joke was the most hysterical joke they ever heard. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? So, that's how he got his country squire with the real wood, with that joke. God knows what people have to do in this world. Anyway, you think Hollywood's the worst place? Maybe not. Who knows? But anyway, that's what I've got, and this is my week. Oh, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! I need you. I need your help. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to get a job. Okay, a volunteer job. We have Dell Children's Hospital here. It's an amazing hospital. I sent in my application. Well, Kit, help me fill it out because it was so amazing, filled with immunizations and everything. I want to be an ICU infant holder, baby cuddler is what they call it. I could be a baby cuddler. I want this so badly. I can't stand it. I am so good with babies. I love babies. I adore rocking them. I love talking to them. Nothing in this world comes close to how much I love babies. I go into a fugue state. Oh my gosh. Every part of me gets happy. I want this so badly. I have an interview. I can't even talk about it. Next Monday, next Monday at 12 o'clock. I'm going to be there at 1130. I'm going to color my hair. I'm going to do my nails. I'm going to floss my teeth. I'm going to try to find an outfit that is nice. I'm trying to look good. I want to look like accomplished. I want them to know that I will never let them down. And if I pass my test on Monday, I get the job. I get to be a baby cuddler from now on. They'll put me on a schedule and I will go in there and I will cuddle those babies. I will make them feel loved. I will make them feel better. I know I can do it. I know it. I've never felt so sure of anything in my life. So I will be back next Wednesday and I will tell you if I got the job, (gasps) there'll be a little, um, test, a little time when I have to be an orientation and I know what that's going to be about. Don't touch anything. I won't touch anything. I won't do anything wrong. I will be so perfect at this. This is the job I've been waiting for. Baby cuddler. Keep your fingers crossed for me next Monday, 12 o'clock. That's when I make it. That's when I make the grade. I will be back and I will let you know what happened. Just wish me the best. I will be back. They fly so high Nearly reach the sky, then, like my dreams, they fade.